kill her. That's all you have to do. Kill Mary? She's a risk. And get the priest as well. Welcome back. This is uh, Geek Salad episode 158, Operation McFerrin Crime, side two, where we talk about the albums of 1988. And this is where we really get to get the deep, the, the fun, deep stuff in. Cool. <clears throat> cool. Indeed, cool. For sure. <laughs> so who, who wants to go first? You... You you kick off there. Are uh, you sure? All right, because I'm gonna be I'm gonna be here for a little bit because I wanted to. <laughs> no, really. Wow. Andy talking about alternative late eighties music. What a fucking wow. shock, huh? All right, so um, we're gonna start with my favorite album ever. Legit. Wow. This is my all time favorite album. I this a copy of this will be buried with me. <laughs> oh, geez, you're going for REM, aren't you? No, okay. no. It's uh, Starfish by the Church. And it's something quite peculiar. Something that's shimmering and white. Leads you here, despite your destination. Morrissey? No. Cool. Morrissey had an album out that wasn't very good in 1988. It's called Viva Hate. <laughs> the fact that you know that. <laughs> I did the Wikipedia search. I just showed. I just show our friend uh, writer Jax where it was. I'm like, listen, there's a Wikipedia page. Just do this. She's like, I'm having a lot of difficulty finding this. I'm like, I'm just like throwing her songs. I'm like, oh, please, 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 you can find it. She did. She found it. She did a good job. She actually put an article, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Don't let me forget. But, yeah, The Church's Starfish essentially was the gateway for me to actually listen to alternative albums that weren't predominantly radio hits. Ah, so it's their fault. Yes, it is their fault. Bastards. I... This is is the kind of music you find in the back room at Newbury Comics. Yeah. (laughs) Behind the swinging doors. Next to the porn. Yeah. (laughs) When you don't go into that ninety. Well, this is one of those albums that, like, I, you know, I'd heard a couple songs, I'd seen a couple of, like, on the on WFNX back when they were. There. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! Me and Jed Madsen would just listen to stuff on FNX, and 
There's a yeah, exactly. There's a name from your your, your uh, graduating class. Um, jeez, I didn't go that low into dial. <laughs> Hundred point seven. That was my cutoff point. The LX. But I went out. I went out to California to go visit my uncle, and he actually took me to like, like one of those record stores that you see only in movies. Empire Records. Kind of like an Empire Records type. Shocking. Of thing. And I found it, and I'm like, I like the two songs I've heard. Let me buy this. I put it in my Walkman on the ride home, and I'm just like, I just disappeared into the music. It's like the only, it's like the first time they ever really just like became one with the album I was listening to. And there's some phenomenal stuff on here, and I don't think these guys have really ever gotten their, you know, a fair share. I can understand because they are very psychedelic, Mm. and they're not everybody's brand of vodka. And I will admit, too, that they've put out some clunkers in the last couple of years. But there is not a bad track on this album. I, I truly adore this album. Cool. And Under the Milky Way, which is their big, big, big hit from this album, is my all-time favorite song. So it it works out. Cool. Who wants to go next? Who you always heard of that so- that album or that song? Nope. Nope. Sons of bitches. <laughs> I'll go next. All right, Mike. I'm gonna go with uh, Paula Abdul's "Forever Your Girl." Okay. Because, I mean, that's... It's just a list of some of the best songs that she's ever done. I mean, you got The Way That You Love Me, uh, Opposites Attract, which is my all-time favorite song of hers, with uh, MC Scat Cat. MC Scat Cat. <laughs> <laughs> it was the late 80s, and everybody had a cartoon sidekick. I thanks, love that thanks video. Thanks to Roger Rabbit. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't care. I love that video, and MC Scat Cat is a large part of that. I mean, Forever Your Girl, Straight Up, Cold Hearted... She's got some really solid hits on this one. Straight Up is a very good song. Forever Your Your Girl is actually a good song. I like that. Here's the thing with Paula Abdul that you have to admire is the fact that, first of all, she's a dancer. Yeah. Yeah. And I had the biggest crush on her. Did you? In high school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was was a dancer who learned to sing uh, from Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson was a singer who learned to dance from Paula Abdul. Right. Right. I mean, Paula Abdul was also a Laker girl. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, she had... You know, she had so much going on. Um, but yeah, no, she was... This album especially, infinitely talented. Oh, yeah. I think later albums, she just really was just trying to repeat this. Yeah. Right. But th- yeah, this is absolutely her biggest hit album. And, I mean... Again, my favorite song is it absolutely opposite subtract. Okay. Such a good song. Who wants to go next? Uh, I was going to bring up, not that I really know it very well, but Rattle and Hum did come out this year, so yep. it was, it's you too, it's worth mentioning that it exists. She's a candle.
was trying to, I was like, so what's on this anyway? So I tried a, playing it on the, I tried playing it on YouTube, and I was like, is this like their cover album? What the hell? It's a thing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's it, it exists in the material plane. Yeah, like Altered Carbon. I, I can verify that it exists. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Thanks. congratulations, Thanks, Netflix. You came up with a show you can't binge watch. I binge watched it. Did you? I did. I just, I don't know, man. Something about that show is just like, no, it's it's not a bad show. It's just like, I don't feel like watching very, another episode right dense, now. It's a very dense I, I feel that way about Jessica Jones. It's a very dense show. I haven't watched well, any Jessica of the Jones, season yet. Jessica Jones is usually such a, it, it's a great watch, but it's a watch you can't watch yeah, you, you, you don't you don't binge that. No, no, you gotta you gotta watch it a couple episodes and then just take a break for a bit. Yeah, it's like I watch an episode, take a break. Yeah, yeah. And I watch I watch an episode of that and then I watch an episode of the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's how the first season was. I could but not. Yeah, watch so it. yeah, so anyway, Brattle and Hum is a thing. And it's it's interesting. Like, it's an interesting follow up to the Joshua Tree because well, how do you, I, well the thing is, how do you follow up? How the do Josh you follow it up? Um, yeah, J Tree is a thing. <laughs> it is. It, it is. I mean, that's. But pretty, it's, it's a great thing. Whereas Rattle is, you know, it's just there. It's, it's an adequate thing. It exists there's, in the material plane. It's a thing. And it's, it's a thing. <laughs> it's <laughs> adequate. It's I adequate. guess. Yeah. So that's that's about all I get. Well, I actually had a conversation. Just upon themselves. I had a conversation with Dave McLean about this album, and I, I asked him if he knew of any other album that had done this where it was. It was like a compilation. It was like a mix, and not even like a compilation. Like one side is. Your live side and your other side is like your B track or your your new your new stuff. Um, he doesn't think so, but there's such a weird blend of stuff. Almost everything feels like it was left off of Joshua Tree intentionally. Because mm. even their bigger hits like Desire aren't great. <laughs> no, they let the Edge sing on a song for fuck's sake. Oh, I mean, God. Van Damon's Land. <laughs> well, we don't. These songs aren't really good enough for um, Joshua Tree, but we still got them, and we might as well use them. What? What the hell? You know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's one of those things that I think that they kind of saw the writing on the wall with this too, and that's when um, Octung Baby comes out three years later, yeah. and is an infinitely better album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Joe, you're up. All right, for my uh, my first album is it's not really an album; it's a compilation set. It's a box set, one of the first box sets that ever came out. You son of a bitch! You made me look for all the tracks on here. So. I did. Yeah, Eric Clapton, Crossroads. This was actually this was one my introduction to Eric Clapton, and two the the thing that made me a fan, just because it spans his entire career from the Yardbirds all the way up to his solo career up to his solo career, and this is really the album that kind of relaunched yeah. him into superstardom. 
Yeah. I mean, he, he'd, he'd released a few albums, you know, under Warner Brothers, when he switched labels to Warner Brothers. And August was fairly successful, but this, just like... This one made him relevant again. It made him relevant again. It tapped into that that nostalgia for the 60s and 70s. It was yeah. part of that classic rock movement. Yeah. This was also the time when everybody was releasing a box set. Like a four-disc well, Elvis, box set. Well, it was the Elvis box that came out first, like a couple years before. And then well, this was, came out. There was the Springsteen Live box oh, that, set. Oh, that's right. And then... Everybody and their mother put out a, like a four disc box set. I mean, I remember the the Bowie Sound and Vision box set. Crossroads, however, I think it's the first album I ever saw um, get five a five star rating. Yeah, on uh, in Rolling Stone, and it's it sold a shit ton, like almost ten million copies. Considering how expensive that thing was, it was. I mean, in nineteen eighty eight, it was like sixty bucks. I'm like, I'm trying to convince my mom, Mom, I want to buy, I want this box set. She's like, Are you high? <laughs> Yes, Mom, but that's beside the point. I just need this. I just need this. I just need Clapton so I don't go to heroin. I will, maybe. Because it's Clapton. Because it's Clapton. Anyone's guess at this point. Are you high? No, I'm just listening to cocaine right now, Mom. (laughs) But it's, I mean, like I said, if you you want a good retrospective of his career, you know, and kind of see his evolution from, you know... Guitar God to 70s Country Light to his rebirth in the late 80s. It's pretty good. Pretty that good. That when he cut his hair. Yeah. No, he grew it out. If, he, if Journeyman, he had it long again. Uh, so, all right. I guess I'm up. I guess I'm up next. Okay, so actually, uh, Dave, because Dave and I had a. Dave and I are very, very much one when it comes to a lot of music. Um, this was a. Pick the damn thing back up here. Okay. So, uh, Dave was mentioning one. For those of you who are, who are young, Bjork was in a band called the Sugar Cubes that year who released an album called Life's Too Good. Features a man named Enyer, whose entire job was to shout out random homoerotic non sequiturs. It's still the best record she's ever made. For those of you who are very young, albums are flat black things that you play on devices called record players. You do realize that the very young all have cheesy record players and records again. They do now, yeah, fucking hipsters. That is, that is <laughs> we didn't have a record. Fucking, I had a tape deck. We we had a record player. That we played my mother's records on, and then the two right. George Carlin albums that my that my good friend Andy gave me. <laughs> yeah, me. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but, well, vinyl's coming back in a big way now, which yes, I don't fucking get, but whatever. I I asked a kid at at, at work why, and he's like, they're like lossless CDs, and I'm like, I turned to everybody else in the they're room, good, and I'm like, what? And I said, "This is a kid who has never heard a scratched record." Right. <laughs> like, oh, that's I know, oh, I know, oh. I know which Sesame Street albums I listened to and which ones I did it oh, by yeah. how scratched up they were. Right. Had. Or who's had to replace a needle? Right. Yeah. 
Actually, this reminds me of a thing that John John Oliver had on his show last night about cryptocurrency. If you don't know what it is, don't worry. If you are employed, there's somebody in your office who's going to bug the shit out of you about cryptocurrencies. That's just like people with vinyl. There's always that one dude in your office like, oh man, vinyl. Vinyl's the way to go. So much rather than fucking CDs, man. What do you do with paying for Spotify, man? Vinyl's the way to go. Oh, bullshit. Yeah, I've, I've got a coworker that bugs me about cryptocurrency. Yeah, I, I like, do too. I don't get it and I don't want to. I don't well, when I, when, I used to, when I used to play my guitar on a more regular basis, I used to have people bug me about playing with tubes oh. on their amps. I'm like, I'm not paying that shit little money. Because it's, cause an album now, a vinyl album now costs more than that. I'm like, yeah, it's the same thing. I'm not going to buy a tube amp, right, for more money than I can buy a regular solid state amp and still get a good sound. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's so. like you know, you know, I, I can still play CDs in my car. I don't have a turntable in the dashboard. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Especially not with you know the potholes that we have in New exactly. England. Exactly. We live in New England. We're not allowed to listen to vinyl and moving vehicles. Uh, records are such high quality. Uh, uh, you obviously haven't heard the same record. Records I have with all the crackles and pops. Exactly. Yeah. You've never had to clear like a big dust bunny off the needle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. We had, we had, you know, you had the special brush that you you spun the record yep. on for a little bit yeah. before you put the needle uh, there. We had those. At, we had those at the, ra- the record, the um, radio station at, at school that you guys never got to use. Yeah. Because they closed it right before you guys were old enough to use it. Gotcha. You're welcome. See when I did. I- I did two years, my freshman year and sophomore year, we did, um, I was the DJ up at Norwich, and I did uh, radio. We had a CD player. Oh, nice. We were at small division three school up in the uh, middle of Vermont, yeah. and we had a CD player. I had to borrow a CD player from somebody to use their CDs, because all I had, everything was on tape. So anyway, <laughs> let's let's go back to where we sidetracked from, which was the <laughs> album, Life's Too Good, by the Sugar Cubes. Oh yeah, I forgot we were talking about that. Yeah. Um, I'm with Dave on this. This is the best thing well, Bjork and, ever and, did. And he took a hipster detour. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 don't know. I, like, I like Bjork. I don't know. That swan dress is a piece of art. No. That swan dress is almost 20 years old. Yeah. Not the dress. No. Bjork, I mean, Bjork does have some okay stuff, but this album is like, I mean, the Sugar Cubes had a reputation of being like this fun, like almost like pixie-like band. The majority of the songs on this album are super dark. Like, super dark. First of all... That explains why you like it so much. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, one thing I recognize about every single one of the albums I'm going to be talking about today, they all suck for gym music. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm like trying to do curls and I'm listening to the Sugar Cubes. I'm like losing track because I'm like, what did you just say? I listened to this album a thousand times. (laughs) See, that's how you you hurt your arm. That's how I hurt my wrist, yeah. Yeah. No, actually, it was another album on here is when I hurt my wrist, but... And this was one of those bands that, um, you guys remember Amy Walrod, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yep. Amy Walrod, who um, introduced me to, yeah, high school. Okay. All right, high school refer- reference. Uh, she introduced me to so much good music, and it was weird. It's like, she's like the one girl that I never had any interest in that showed me a whole bunch of music. Thank you, Amy. Thank <laughs> you for being my platonic friend. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, her brother Mike. I don't know Mike. I knew Amy. I think Mike was in my class. Amy introduced me to the Sugar Cubes. She introduced me to Sinead O'Connor, the good stuff. Uh, there, there are several, several bands she introduced me to. But, um, yeah, the Sugar Cubes have some really, really good dark stuff. No, there is some fun stuff on here. And um, Dave is right that Ennier Orn just shouts out just random shit throughout the song. 
But it is worth a listen. This is definitely a Spotify listen. Um, because it's aged okay. It doesn't it doesn't really show 80sness at all because it's uh, its own fucking thing. They're Icelandic. This Bjork, is just their yeah, own thing. <laughs> Bjork is her own thing. She just, she, the, they all dance to the beat of their own drummer. Literally. Which also explains ABBA. They were Swedes. ABBA sweet. <laughs> well, Big difference. Scandinavian. Huge. No, well, Sweden still has some basis in Catholicism now. Um, White, uh, north, and cold. Yes. <laughs> from, what, from everything, right there. From everything I've heard, Iceland is the only and mostly country in that Euro realm that has no Christianity basis whatsoever in it. Well, they have to plan the roads around where the elves live. Right, that's true. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Not only that, but their their volcanoes are like world ruiners. Now, are we talking Legolas elves or Keebler? Oh they're, no, they're like Keebler size. They're like okay. troll elves. Yeah, yeah, but they're yeah, they're no pointy hats. They really have small homes, and they're like you know we can't build the, the road here. We have to go around it because there's an elf colony, or you know there are elves living here, and they fucking do it. They go around. And just so you're aware, Greek Salad are the uh, the proud sponsors of uh, Icelandic travel. Use promo code Iceland to get five percent off your next trip. It's Santa. <laughs> Wrong. All right, who's up next? Uh, I guess I am. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, Chicago nineteen. And from what you said, I know you've gotten over me. It'll never be the way it used to be So if it's gotta be this way So, what album is this of Chicago's? Their 19th. Their 19th album. Non-Satera. Their non album. This is, I mean, I don't want to live without your love. We can last forever. Look away. What kind of man would I be? You're not alone. This has got some good songs on it. Shut up. Sung by non <laughs> Yeah. Guitar by non <laughs> Bass, non Guess what? Just because you don't know their name does not mean they're any less of, a, of an instrument of... of uh, band, all right. Don't they teach you anything in that school of yours? Peter Cetera is no, a is a quality singer. I, I think, but he was not Chicago. I think. Oh, they, don't use he was not. Chicago. He was right. not Chicago. Here's the thing with non Cetera Chicago is that they got to a point where they were just kind of like they were a band. They were just a band that put out number one hits. Don't get me wrong; <laughs> they did put out number one hits, but they were just kind of yeah. a band. There was, there's nothing. Satara back in the back of the seventies, it was, it was the horns. The horns were really what made them. In the eighties, it was, it was Satara. Satara. Chicago seventeen voice. was their peak in the eighties. It was his voice that made them, and then it's just like these dudes who, again, I'm not going to knock their success. I mean, God bless them. They actually managed to do what most bands can't do when they lose their front man. But they're just kind of just a band. <laughs> 
I could listen to What Kind of Man Would I Be over and over, and I have. Okay, I'm sure you have. It's a great song. No, I'm I'm not knocking any of that. It's just kind of a... Okay, I'm trying not to, Mike. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings here. Yes, you are. I'm sorry. Yeah. You tell me shut up. Yes. Damn it. (laughs) Catherine, you're up next. All right. Uh, the next song, I was, the next album I was going to bring up was like the death of the Bangles. The death of the Bangles. <laughs> Everything. Eternal Flame, which was oh, just was... so unbangles, and that was that was the thing. But that the, was the, oh my god! The, that... Behind the music was mm. like this is what this was when they the things they're like getting getting urged to do more girl band sh- schlock. Yeah, this oh Eternal Flame was such a school dance stable. Yeah. Yep. Arms out, arms out, Holy Ghost in between you. I I, I think I know the song, but I can't. It's not coming to mind. The problem with this album is this is almost all Susanna Hoffs. Yep. This is like, it was Susanna Hoffs and the other three. Yeah. She she became the face of the band. She became the face of the band. Um, Yeah, that was part of why it was death to the band. But there are some decent, I mean... I don't know, I don't want to say decent songs on here, but musically there was some really cool stuff going on. Yeah. Um, the one thing I know is like the song In Your Room, the bass drum in that is so prominent Yeah. in that. Um, oh, now I'm going to have to pull up the uh, the album tracks here. You got it? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, you're, you're, looking, for, yeah, oh, you're looking for Bobby Brown. Well, my, uh, Bobby B! Thanks for ruining my next pick. Uh, I didn't do anything yet. <laughs> I did nothing. Um, I did no such thing. The only weird thing about this is, too, is that the Bangles didn't have one of their bigger hits on this album. Hazy Shade of Winter. Yeah, that came up as an 88 song, and I was like, this is a good song. And then I was, I was, But it wasn't on the album. No, it's not. It was on the Lesson Zero soundtrack. Um, okay, so we get In Your Room, Complicated Girl, Bill Turner, Something to Believe in, Eternal Flame, Be With You. I remember Be With You was like a big, like, that was kind of like their last gasp single. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, Hazy Shade of Winter is very good bangles. It is a, yeah, it is a it's, very... It's, 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 it feels like the bangles, it's a good song. Yeah. But the, yeah, Eternal Flame sounds nothing like them. This is a very polished album for a bunch of people who should never have been a polished band. Right. They were kind of like... They ended up becoming a top 40 Go-Go's, which I don't think they wanted to become. No. 
Are they have they done any reunion tours, or are no. they just pretty much not? T- I, I they're still not think, on speaking terms. I, with Susanna. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they've been on the outs ever since. <laughs> yeah. All right. So my next album is uh, Pink Floyd, Delicate Sound of Thunder. Point out too how many compilation albums and like live tracks and like not real like total uh, studio albums you put on this list. I know that I believe the most polished live album ever released. It sounds great. It sounds great for a live album. And even though David Gilmore adamantly swore there was no overdubbing, there was overdubbing. They're one of those bands that I'm a big fan of listening to bands live. And I like to hear little variations and things. Yeah, I right. like live versions that really kind of do a little bit different. Not, not like completely overhaul the song. Right. That's the thing with this album is very, very close to the source material. If you were to listen to Learning to Fly from Delicate Sound of Thunder mm-hmm. and the original studio track from Momentary Lapse of Reason, you'd be very hard-pressed to tell there, which There's very little difference between them. Rush is the same type of thing. Look at that. Mike <laughs> found a cookie with a hat on it. Alfalfa. No, no, it's got a little feather in it. Oh, well, okay. Um, yeah. Now, this album is just like... It is, it, it's just that it's so overproduced. Yes. And really... And it, but it, 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 it amazes me how popular this, uh, the album was within our group mm. in high school. Mm. Especially considering how, you know, the, the David Gilmore versus Roger Waters kind of schism. Yeah, that was actually well. It was the next year we did the wall as right. our summer, as our summer um, show. So yeah, this was a this was a big one. This was a this was big. And the thing with the because I'll never forget too the the video for Comfortably Numb, which goes on forever. <laughs> it's a long song. Well, even the original wall version. Goes but they had like that light, that light circle. Yes, they would like beam out onto the crowd and then go back in, and it was like that was like their their thing for. Like five or five or six years. I will say this: this album has my favorite version of "Run Like Hell," though. Okay, I just like the way, I just like the way that he plays the guitar on it, and then yeah. Well, that's that's a difficult song to just duplicate, like right? I'm, which leads me to believe that this wasn't a, that wasn't a pure live <laughs> performance. Because considering how layered the the song is, 
I mean, I know, I know the live, the, the touring band had like 13, 15 members on it, but. <laughs> they did. They did. Um, alright. So next up on my list, uh, the Pixies, Surfer Rosa. So you might all know this song, uh, you, this album from the that that yielded the song at the end of our Fight Club. Where is my mind? Oh, that's right. The Pixies are just like you know you you you, you just talked about a, an album that for a live album is very very let's just say overproduced, very well polished. Yes, yes. <laughs> the Pixies are very raw. There's not a lot of production in there, but they and their their sound is very. It's a blend of like different types of guitar. Um, there's a lot of surf guitar in there. There's a lot of like southwestern uh, influence in there. Match um, to the fact that uh, Black Francis, the lead singer, almost sounds like he's singing five feet away from the microphone. So is he, is he like yelling into the microphone? He's yelling into the microphone, but you but can tell like there's five, a distance yeah. between the, behind them. And then Kim Deal, almost who's the bass player and the other singer. Sings like she's singing in a character voice. But there's just some strong, strong music on here. I mean, they're a great punk band. Um, if you've ever gotten the chance to listen to any of their stuff, their next album will be their big one. But Surfer Rose has got uh, Where Is My Mind, it's got Break My Body, Bone Machine, uh, Gigantic, which is hilarious because the song is about sneaking off the black guy to have sex. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> Hence the term gigantic. Yeah, I figured. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Apple used it for I don't remember what product of theirs. And they're just doing that gigantic. I'm losing my voice, so it's... Welcome to 1988, folks. Yeah, exactly. We'll sell you anything. Are you sure you want this song? We love it. We love it. Go right ahead. Well, it's actually funny, too, because Disney was going to put out an, um, a movie about you know, Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah. Also like, called Gigantic. gigantic. Yeah. And Lindsay Ellis... On Twitter, it's just like, God damn it, Disney, phrasing, phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Mike. Yeah. My next one I got, as uh, Andy had mentioned earlier. Oh, please, it wasn't a spoiler. It was uh, Don't Be Cruel by Bobby Brown. They say I'm nasty, but I don't give a damn. Getting girls is how I deal Some ask me questions Why am I so real? But they don't understand me I really don't know the deal I thought I'm brother Trying hard to make it right Not long ago Before I win this fight Everybody's talking all this stuff about me Oh! That's my prerogative. It's my prerogative. It's 
It's the way that I want to live It's my life I can do just what I feel It's my life Nobody can tell me what to do It's my Bobby Brown! Bobby Brown! Bobby B! Um, they, I mean, this guy, I'll admit there's some good stuff on this yeah, album. My, my, my three favorite songs from this one are Don't Be Cruel, Every Little Step, and of course, the, big, the biggest song of his career, My Prerogative. My Prerogative. My Prerogative has a great sax line. Yeah. Just that just, just that real, just like prominent sax line. I love that. Uh, like, like, like I said before... 80s sexy sax. No, it's not even sexy sax. It's like dirty sax. Oh, it's, ooh! It's it's just like it, it's it's kind of just hits in between. I'm I, I mean, in between the verses and not like just like here's your here's your uh, here's your bridge. I, I miss a good sax. You don't get a good sax line in music anymore. They they, they still exist. They're just poor. Yeah, like um, shake it off by Taylor Swift has a has a very similar type hey, of hey, sax. Hey, 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 hey. We don't use that kind of language on, the, on this show, all right? Sorry, T-Swizzle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so weird. <laughs> are you just figuring this out I have now? a 100. Uh, uh, so shows in and you're just figuring this out. Catherine, I have a 10-year-old daughter. I know, I know. Yeah, all I, I'm, with, I'm with Andy on this one. <laughs> Actually, I also, you know, speaking of, uh, of T-Swizzle... I love that thing where she was putting out that meme. Is there a better bitch than Taylor Swift? And like people are listing off all these people in their lives. Like my grandmother fought the Nazis and like, yes, yeah. and all these. That was that was really good. That was brilliant. <laughs> my grandmother wrote a triumph. What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she dated Justin Bieber. Go ahead, Mike. Bobby Brown. This yeah. is a Bobby great, B. This is a great album. This is a really really yeah. good album. I mean, granted, he doesn't he doesn't have too many good albums. No, he no, doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> but this one, this one is a strong. This is was this the first or second? This was his first. This was his first solo. This was the number one album of 1988. Actually, this is his second studio album. Oh, the other one probably didn't do anything because he was pro- probably yeah. <laughs> Back when he was Bobby Brown of New Edition. Yeah, I, I think his uh, first album was like self-titled or whatever. But oh god, but yeah. This one. I mean, this one it really showed a lot of potential that he never really lived up to. No, no, I, I agree. I think that the last his last gasp, honestly, was that um, the song from Ghostbusters two. Oh yeah, oh, which was right. definitely an outtake from this album. Yeah, there was no way he wrote that and just threw in the word Ghostbusters about fifteen times. <laughs> But, I mean, for as much as we crack on Bob Brown, My Prerogative is a really good song. Yeah. And Every Little Step, Don't Be Cruel, these are all really solid songs. No, they're really, it is really good. He's, um... He should have been better. I I feel... Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Cocaine (laughs) is a hell of a drug. Then he married Whitney Houston, the more volatile combination. (laughs) Yeah! Oddly enough, <laughs> she's the one that died from the overdose. I feel bad, because he's the last man standing at this point. Yeah. Tragically, Somehow. he is the last man standing. Alright, Catherine, what do you got? Alright, next up I have Weird Album Al's Album of the Year, which is even worse. My zippers bust, my buckles break, I'm too much man for you to take. The pavement cracks when I fall down I've got more 
Chinatowns than Chinatown. Well, I never used a phone booth and I never seen my toes. When I'm going to the movies, I take up seven rows because I'm fat, fat, I'm fat. What else is on this then? Because I, I could take so, it a task for saying that I'm going to use fat as the drop. What, uh, um, uh, um, the, the, uh, living with a hernia. No, it's not. No, really? God, that's not no. That, oh, Jesus, that's like that. That that song was three years old beforehand. Yeah, I think I think that, was, that the, was out a much earlier album. No, I got I got the play, the list up. It's uh, stuck in a closet with Vanna White. Not a bad which, song. Which well, it's not a it's not a bad song. It's 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 okay. Yeah. But it did it did start the whole Vanna White thing. He was in uh, in Naked Gun. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> where Weird Al and Vanna White are going as a couple to the Academy Awards, and they knock them out and steal their tickets. Oh. I remember that. Uh, the song's just six words long. Yep. <laughs> we were talking about that earlier. Thanks, Jonna. Or no, actually, it was PK. Yeah. Uh, you make me, which is. Interesting. Um, it's kind of fun. This I, th- one? I think I'm a clone now. Yeah, that's. I like that song actually. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of funny. Uh, lasagna is you know just La Bamba. Yeah, it's a fun song. It's it's fun. Melanie, which is listening to it now, it's really creepy. It is, but I think that was the point. Yeah, but it's but much not, more that's creepy. Not, that's not what in our current yeah. period. Yeah, well, like he does creepy. Like, like you know, close but no cigar. Or do I creep you out? Yeah, do I creep you out? But but Melanie. But, is, but in the context, but of Melanie this, involves like kidnapping and all kinds yeah, of it's abuse. Like, it's it's really stock or not good. It's like it's like yeah, it's like for me, you know, STP. I, I love sex type thing back mm. in the nineties. Nowadays, I can't listen to it. You don't sing that out loud no. anymore. Wait, no. this this song, the song Melanie, it suffers from the um, oh, what's what's that, what's that song from Arrested Development? The one, you know, that um, Michael and maybe sing. Oh, Afternoon Delight. This this song, afternoon Melody delight. has an Afternoon Delight complex. Oh, Whereas if you just if you just listen to it with no doesn't do that words, it's got a cool it's got a cool tune. Then you listen to the words like oh oh shit I can't listen to this song anymore. <laughs> no, in the context of the modern of modern day, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Which is sad, because there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of songs like that where you like... I saw him do Fat when I saw him in Northampton a few years ago on the Mandatory Fun Tour, but none of these songs were in the, the show that I saw him at last week. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, he did, you know, not, not not the originals and not the covers. Right. Um, I still hold that Fat is one of his best music videos ever. Well, yeah, it's 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 a fine, you know, rip on the original. Uh, Alimony is another one. Um, Velvet Elvis... Twister and Good Old Days. Good Old Days is a good, good song. Good Old Days is, good a, old days is a good old, good song. But yeah, it's it's definitely not one of his better albums. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely sounds like there's like he really leaned heavily on the original stuff. Yeah, and and well, not it, it wasn't like his good original stuff because he's got a lot of good original yeah, good absolutely. Good like I had I had ringtone as my ringtone for a while. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people did that. All right, all right. 
My my next choice is, and I know I know Mike's gonna fight me on this one, is Guns N' Roses, GNR Lies. It's so tense, but I can't speed up the time But you know, love, there's one more thing to consider Said woman, take it slow Things will be just fine You and I'll just use a little patience Sugar, take the time Cause the lights are shining bright You and I've got what it takes to make it We won't fake it Oh, I'll never break it It's not really an album so much as an extended play and and outtakes and B-sides from Appetite for Destruction. This call sucks. It, Joe, call it what it is. It's a fucking cash grab. It is a cash grab. I listened to this at the gym today. Um, this is a goddamn cash grab in every <laughs> sense of the word. But I will say, I prefer the, this version of You're Crazy than over uh, Appetite for Destruction. Okay. Just because I like it, I like the faster. Yeah, I... I uh, uh. <laughs> Three songs per side. You got three live songs. You got three songs that weren't good enough for Appetite for Destruction, so you got to throw them on there. And everybody, I remember this specifically. Matt Brooks thought that um, Axl Rose was a goddamn genius in the video. Yes. Because he's like trying to conduct the band. Like, who are you conducting? These guys are all on heroin right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's the point. He was too. So he was just, oh, Jesus. The colors. (laughs) You sure that wasn't wasn't a needle? Oh, (laughs) God. See what you did there, Joe. Um, I don't know, man. This is like Spaghetti Incident version dot oh, five. No. no, not that bad. Yeah. No. Yeah. And you're fine. <laughs> yeah, I no. Just, there's a reason why people don't consider this. It's like, it's this. It's, it's appetite. And then it's use your illusion. Oh, they put out lie, lies? That wasn't just like a, a like an extra like extended version of <laughs> it's, it's appetite for destruction part point nine yeah. point five <laughs> yeah um I, I mean the live stuff sounds good I mean I don't I, I, Joe have you and patience seen patience isn't a bad song hey, no patience is patience is kind of a it, it, it's a sweet song that doesn't fit in their oeuvre right um but what do you I mean have you seen GNR like recently? Mm. We're, we're hanging on our we're hanging on our consonants a lot here, Joe. I just I don't know. No, I, I have not seen. I feel like his voice doesn't sound like that anymore well, at all. Oh no, well, you know what? I, I to be honest, I, I stopped. Listening to Guns N' Roses after '91, so that's wise. That is really it's wise. It's so nice. Anything, to know anything beyond '91, I just don't listen to. It's, I, so, it's so nice to know how close Axl Rose and Slash are now. Oh, oh God! 
Well, I, I just ever love since, the fact ever that... Since, ever since I saw the video of Slash driving a Mustang off a cliff, I was like, you know what, I'm all done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all set. I'm good. I just, you know, I remember the... How could the you la- do that to a, that Mustang? A, glass, a vintage Mustang. <laughs> How the fuck can you do that? When they went on tour... Cost 20 When they went on tour and, like, they finally found a tour manager no. who's like... Okay, if you skip one show, you don't get paid Bullshit. any of the money. <laughs> Someone finally beat him at his own game. Awesome. All right, so next up on my list, the Smithereens, Green Thoughts. Why should it matter if I cry? I sit around and wonder why. Now I feel much too weak to live. And I've got nothing left to give Now it's only a memory Of what I thought was going to be Only a memory Broken bits of you and me Only a memory Joe, you're a guitar guy. You never... No? No. No opinion? Catherine? No. I know Mike's never heard of him. Yeah, no. I feel like I might have heard of him. Okay. I'm trying. Like, I know the name of the Smithereens, but I'm trying to remember. Yeah. yeah. Well, their lead singer, Pat Denizio, just died like a, like a few months ago. Oh, yeah. That guy... No. no. Okay. Come on. <laughs> the Smithereens are like Jersey's finest. Um, besides ah, besides Bernstein. Uh, uh, the guy, the group I'm going to be talking about next is Jersey's finest. Thank you very much. What, well, Frankie Valley? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's like the, the Smithereens are like Springsteen if Springsteen just solely sang about bad breakups. He doesn't? No. <laughs> no. No, he's all about the play to the worker. Um, the working yeah. man. It's all about the working man. Well, the Smithereens are just, they're good songsmiths. They, they put together, so they, they put together really good verse, chorus, verse songs. Lots of great guitar riffs. Easy to play, so it's a good thing. <laughs> and there's just some really fun stuff on here. I mean, only a memory is the first. Like, wasn't the first time it was introduced to by them because uh, they had another album out about two years before called, um, especially for you that had uh, Behind the Wall Sleep and Blood and Roses. It's a killer bass line. But you know, only a memory, drowning my own tears, house we used to live in. <laughs> Some of the deeper tracks. It's just it's 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 a really good album. Um, my friend Brian Barry is really into the Smithereens as well, and I remember begging him, "You're going to the city, buy me this album. I will pay you." <laughs> and he did, <laughs> and I loved it. So, who's next? I am. Okay. And now I'm going to talk about the best thing come out of New Jersey. Bon Jovi. You got Springsteen on here. Got Bon Jovi, dude. I'm still waiting for you to say Springsteen because that's the best thing from out in New Jersey. Bon Jovi with New Jersey, their album. New Jersey. <laughs>
Wolfman. They should have just pronounced it like that. Like honestly, on the album, they should have just had the pronunciation. J O I S Z Y. Joyzy. Speaking of, of uh, Joyzy, Dick Holes. Here's my cat show set. Jersey cat. The podcast cat. The podcast cat. Yeah, the one. If you hear a jingling bell, you know who it is. But we got Lay Your Hands on Me, Bad Medicine. Love Lay Your Hands on Me is not a bad song. I love Bad Medicine, though. Bad Medicine was like a rock anthem. In yeah. The yeah. Born to Be Medicine My Baby. Cool. Um, Living in Sin, I'll Be There for You. Ooh. Okay, yeah. I was like, Ooh. Born to Be My Baby, I really liked, and then you brought up I'll Be There for You. I'm like, yeah. That's All just, right, yep. Okay, now I remember. Okay, I, I could leave off that one. I'm going to take a leap now. <laughs> but I mean I Bad Medicine Born to Be My Baby Lay Hands I mean those are all good songs Bad yeah. Medicine is a good song but it got overplayed oh yeah. my do you remember so the video sick. oh god do you the video of Sam Kennison yes where he was like handing out like the handheld cameras for people to oh yeah cause they Jeez. cause no. they wanted to film their lives what the hell was that she just knocked over the gate asshole oh okay. yep anyway so, yeah, I mean, they wanted to basically film a live video, but they didn't want to pay for it. So mm. they just gave everyone handheld cameras and told, okay, you film it. What do we get paid? You don't get kicked out of the show. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam Kinson was just there for the afternoon. Oh, Jesus. They, they gave him a beer, and that was happy. Well, he yeah, was happy just, with well, that. That's, that's the sick thing, too, is that Sam Kinison put out an album, actually in 88. Um, have you seen me lately? Yeah. Um, where he does his own, he just wild thing. With like ah! every just like yells. metal dude known to man. Actually, wasn't '88 right around the time that he appeared on Married with Children? He was in a Christmas episode. Of yeah, that was '89. He was okay. in that '89. So it was around the time. Yeah. Yeah. In or around, yeah. But it's like one of those. Things. I just remember that video just completely devolving off of uh, Bon Jovi. It's like. You know, everyone is just like, you know, like they got all these rockers, like they got John Bon Jovi and they've got Billy uh, Billy Idol and all these guys, like pretty much staring down at a pit where a scantily clad Tawny, Kit- not Tawny Katane, um, Jessica Hahn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of like those. <laughs> Here's a name from the 80s. <laughs> She had well, rela- she, was, she, was, she had relations with an evangelist, so she immediately became a sensation. I have sinned, my lord. <laughs> yeah, which one was that? Uh, come on, that, for, you, I can picture. I can picture that. Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's the guy. I just, just throw a dart, and eventually he'll hit one of them. That, right, it was Jimmy Swagger. Jimmy Swagger. Jimmy Swagger was the I have sinned. Oh, come on, Jim Baker. Uh, Jim Baker was the one with Tony. Uh, Jessica Hahn. Hahn. Yeah. And then she she capitalized on her fame, got an enormously comical boob job, and then uh, <laughs> where, where did her nipples end up? I, I don't know, but they were they were hidden underneath the suspenders in the in the Wild Thing video. All that's all I know. They could be on her back for all we know. <laughs> so Bon Jovi, huh? Yeah, so Bon Jovi's New Jersey. But I'm not that bad. the time that Richie Sambora married Heather Locklear? Yes. No, he was still dating Cher. God, right. the '80s sucked so horribly. Yeah. God, did the '80s suck? <laughs> so yeah, so uh, and, and, and Catherine, next. <laughs> All right, moving on. So the next one I'm going to talk about is Queensrÿche's Operation Mindcrime. Oh, Operation Mindcrime, good album. Dreams return to haunt me 
Talked about this like was it last year? We we, we alluded we to alluded it last to it. year, we and we, we oh, you you picked this like a year ago. You you would stake your flag in this. This is the one. This is the whole reason why you're here, pretty much, is talking about Operation Mindcrime. Well, I was I was tired. I wanted to tap out, but I had to come in and talk about Operation Mindcrime because it's a really, it's just an excellent album all the way through. Did you? It doesn't get overplayed on the radio, is, unlike no. everything from the wall. No, right. this so is, you can this is to it. yeah, this is a concept album done right. Yes. This did you see that last week on the Dreamland podcast? Nope. On um, Retro Blasting Streamland, Con- I actually I sent it as a, as a text message. They had oh, actually yeah. done an entire show on Operation yes, Mindcrime. Yes, I did. Yeah. I did remember that. I, I do remember that. You I mean, and, and this had lasting power. I remember when we when we graduated. Well, my class graduated from high school in '91. John DeCellis had the Operation Mindcrime logo on oh, his God. Uh, on his uh, cap. Yep, my mine. Uh... This was one of the things I ever considered getting tattooed was the the Queensrÿche logo. Yeah, and and this was, this was like because at the time Queensrÿche really wasn't a known no, mainstream no. band. They, they, this no, this was one so of their you, early if, albums. So if you had um, Operation Mindcrime, you listened to Queensrÿche, you were like part of a special group. You were like Indian crowd. Well, that yeah. was the thing too. This was would you say this was the Camelot, the soundtrack of Camelot for us when we did Camelot. Oh. This was a this was a big drama nerd one that we. I don't think so because I, I was in the basement a lot on Camelot and I really didn't get to know Queensrÿche until was, I started my LARPing. It okay. was no, days. it was. Yeah, I remember it was like ninety ninety one was when yeah when, 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 really when Empire big. when Empire came out everybody this latched onto Operation. They're like, yeah. what else have they done? And they latched onto Operation right. Mindcrime. Right, so that I was when I learned about it. This was a big one for the for the drama group. Because it was very, it's very theatrical, and unlike a lot of hair metal that was out, it's like this was hair metal, but these guys weren't in it for drugs and pussy. This wasn't. They were in it for were, the they story. Were, they were doing it. They were doing art. They yeah. were, but they were doing it in a way that could sell. They were hair metal, but they weren't Motley Crue or Poison. Right. Yeah. They um, were. Yeah. Yeah. They were. They were. They were definitely glam. Yeah. And, but well, they, they got away from the glam shortly after, you know, this or the next... Or, or after Empire. Empire, were, after yeah, Empire. Yeah. Well, the way, the way, the way so I look... No, Promised Land. Promised Land is my favorite. The way I look at it is, Queensryche, in terms of music, of music, musically, they're more in line with, like, Def Leppard and that hair metal kind of yeah. genre where they care about the music that they're playing. Yeah. As opposed to, like, Motley Crue and Poison where it's all about the image and... Well, this is this album is interesting because, first of all, the, today at the gym I listened to it in its entirety, not on shuffle, not 
yep. selective yeah. tracks, you gotta and I listen to it with point, headphones on. From point A to point Z. I Even in high school and college, listening to this album, I never really listened to it with headphones on. It was kind of on, you know, yeah, on radio or whatever. And I never really got to listen to the nuances and the fact that, yeah, this is one cohesive story, albeit kind of a stupid story, but... Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not a great story. It's, you know... But it ha- it, but it it's, is the cohesive. It has it it has an internal rule f- uh, f- uh, framework that works. Yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And his voice, Jeff Tate's voice, yes, so operatic. So yeah. I mean, he could definitely carry that. Yeah. Familiar with any of these songs, Mike? <laughs> Not a one. No. Oh. So I I just don't listen to Queen's work. It's there there you. I honestly think that if you're going to do any type of like. Hair metal or anything like that. You you might not you might not. If you like Bon Jovi, you might actually not. Right. It might be an easy transition for you to go. Into it's the it's right. not. Here's the thing. And again, it's because these guys weren't doing it for for booze and pussy. They were doing it for yeah. Art. They were they There's, were really they really became like they were prog rock. They don't feel like well, I don't even, I wouldn't even say they're prog rock. I had, I had somebody I had somebody slam them down as progressive rock. Oh God, that's no that like. Well, once once they get into they're, like I after say, Promised Land, it definitely like Tribe was. I would say they're more mainstream than Metallica was at the time, but yep. not as commercial as say the other glam rock bands of the era. Of the right, 80s. right. No, absolutely. I I wouldn't even say they're glam. There's very much there's a metal feel to them. A lot of heavy bass. Yeah, that thumping bass. The guitar riffs and all that. The and music, if the music wasn't glam, but oh my god, the early I was there. Here, fucking was. Oh yeah. <laughs> I like. Well, were, I got one of their like, like one of their first, the first full length albums. Oh, and the, I looked at the back. I was like, "Oh my god!" But they were playing the part. I mean, even Kiss did that. Yeah. Well, Kiss. <laughs> I know. Is, yeah. Yeah, it's Kiss. Ugh. But yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting too because the songs that they used as singles were serviceable standouts that could be played outside of the you know the outlying story. So. Um, Operation Mind Crime, Eyes of a Stranger, uh, Spreading the Disease. Ugh. Yep. Great song. Um, you know, I Don't Believe in Love. All of those songs could stand out of... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they all stand on their own, but again, they make, yeah, the, the, they the, make, they make a cohesive... They make a story, but they're also really, like, I Don't Believe in Love, another great breakup song. Yeah. Oh, God. It's like, fuck this, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> fuck this. I'm gonna live in. So I'm gonna be a hermit. God damn it! Yes. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't mind some of the song. The bands that do it for a booze and pussy. All right. I, I, oh, that, well, that's that's gonna be my. Uh, that's my next. That, that, that's yeah, your yeah, next that's one. Your next album, which I love <laughs> actually. And I mean, really, if if there's a ever a band that embodies all the sins of yeah. '80s hair slash glam metal, it is Poison, and it is this album. It is this album, Open Up and Say Ah. But I does he know Has there ever been like this And I know that you would be here right now If I could have let you know somehow I guess every rose has its own Just like every night has its dawn Every cowboy sings a sad, sad song. Every rose has its thorn.
You must have died while, while singing it. <laughs> oh. oh what well, 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 can you say? Well, can you, I mean, every, like I said, every sin of like... And, and this is kind of an... This, I, I, the reason I put, picked this song because this is kind of an interesting era in the 80s. Just in metal. As, yeah. as, as metal as a whole was going to like a, somewhat of an identity crisis. Yeah. Because, like you said, you got Operation Mindcrime. You got the year before Hysteria came out. So you got a whole bunch of bands trying to latch on to that kind of the success of that. And then this was also Metallica's breakout year. Yeah. With Justice for All. Which you're going to get into in a few minutes. Right. <laughs> so, you, so, so you got, on one hand, you got these like heavy metal purists who just, it's all about the music and being pure. And this is hard rock, thumping bass. And then you got Poison. Don't get me wrong, the songs are catchy, yeah. but they are just, they're not, it's not heavy metal. It's, it's, it's the counterpoint. It is the counterpoint to Metallica. It is the counterpoint right. to one. And guess what? I don't like Metallica, so I really love this one. <laughs> <laughs> the, thing, the interesting thing about Poison is that they're, I mean, you know, a, 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 a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Their strongest link is C.C. DeMille. Yes. DeVille. DeVille, DeVille. sorry. C.C. DeVille is so good because he's a classically trained guitar player. Yes. And, I mean, because let's be honest. In in the pantheon of of rock frontmen, Brett... Oh, Brett Michaels is not. Brett Michaels is kind of in the middle there. He doesn't just stand there. But he's not exactly the most... But he does... he, He is a dime store Vince Neil, is what he is. That's, he that's, wishes yeah. he had half the charisma of Vince Neil. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And Vince Neil is not is not exactly a upstanding human being. I want to say. I no. Mean, he's like. I mean, he, if there's anything like scuzzy, he's it. Yeah. Okay. And Brett Michaels doesn't even reach reach his, his level. Okay. So. Well, that's the interesting thing too is that Brett Michaels wasn't exactly a scumbag per se. Um, <laughs> Part of that was he kind of had to stay on the somewhat sober side because he's a diabetic. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's right. About, that's, that's what right. I love about all like those those early aughts like metal documentaries about these bands, and it's like like you had mentioned Lita Ford, yeah, and she's like, yeah, I went out, I wanted to go party with Poison, and I found out that he like he left his insulin at the hotel, so we spent all night trying to find his fucking insulin. He didn't get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, diabetes is nothing to laugh about, kids. <laughs> oh, worry about the diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, besides every rose has its song, which is you know pretty classic. You know, for a moment, the one thing that stands out about that song, every rose, is that Chappelle show. Stance. Uh, yes, says a great the black, the black cop dancing and singing along to every rose has its song <laughs> with John Mayer, and he goes, "What? I grew up in the suburbs." <laughs> <laughs> It's a it's a good it's a solid uh, you know ballad. it's a it's a wedding singer staple yeah exactly but actually I prefer Fallen Angel over oh my god show. the video for Fallen Angel people wouldn't shut the fuck up about that I don't remember yet. that one oh it's it, about it's, the girl who's who's runaway she's gonna make it on her own in Hollywood then she sees what a big bad city it is and she goes back yeah well she doesn't become a porn actress no she doesn't. <laughs> She runs, she runs the fuck home. Yeah, exactly. But I love the song. Back to whatever hayseed town she came from. I think the song is fantastic, though. It's actually my favorite song off this album. It's actually a, a decent song. It may be... Yeah, you're, I think you're right. It is probably the best song on the album. I mean... Which... 
not really saying much. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, this was you know, nothing but a good time. I'm so convinced, Neil. <laughs> All I, right. I, I, I kind of saw more, I, more of a dime store, Dallas Dan, uh, Diamond Dan. Oh, Diamond Dave? Yeah, Diamond Dave, yeah. Uh, no, because even Vince Neal would give... Vince both, Neal would give a left nut. Oh, he would give <laughs> both his nuts to, to be David, David Lee Roth. Roth in his prime. Yeah. Not even in his prime. Like, Skyscraper. He wow. would give his... He would give yeah. both nuts to be David Lee Roth during the Skyscraper tour. Jesus Christ, we gotta move on. Um, <laughs> anyway, okay, so before we get into our final picks... Um, I just want to thank uh, Writer Jax, um, who's on Twitter, at Writer Jax. She actually gave us a nice shout-out and actually listed out some, her 16 albums of 88 that she likes for some reason. Uh, you can check out the full article at uh, Writer Jax, that's J-A-X dot net. Uh, a couple of the albums she mentions here that, we've already, that we haven't talked about yet. So she did talk about Delicate Sound of Thunder, Rattle and Hum, Starfish, Watermark by Enya. Because, oh. of course... Enya. 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 She's having a baby soundtrack, which was various artists. Um, That was the movie Kevin Bacon, right? Yes. Okay. And there's some great artists on there, though. Christine McCall, Gene Loves Jezebel, and Brian Ferry. So definitely, if you like that kind of stuff, check it out. Um, Ron the Cooked, Vivid by Living Color. Why didn't anybody bring Vivid? You know why? Because Cult of Personality was a bigger hit in 99. 91. I remember... No, 89, 89. I remember Living Color being big, like, 1991. Well, I mean, everyone knows Cult of Personality now because of... Uh, CM Punk. Yeah. But, yeah, the, he hasn't wrestled in five years, so... Yeah. Um, all right, Edie Raquel, New Bohemians, shooting Rubber Bands of Stars, the Beetlejuice soundtrack, which I found interesting. There's a lot that of... That is good, a good sound. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff on here, so please check it out. She also even was nice enough to tag her Spotify list. Nice. On, on her article. So definitely check it out, writerjacks.net. Jackie, thank you so much for the shout-outs. Yeah, thank, thank you. She always looks forward to our music shows, too. So uh, nice. <laughs> Anyway, let's get on to our finals here. Now, Catherine, you, you exhausted all yours, didn't you? Yeah. She's, yeah. she's exhausted. I, I, I'm exhausted. and I, Basically, I went through the albums of the year, and I just didn't know enough of them. Uh, Operation Minecraft just wore out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just gonna go listen to that again okay. while you guys continue. You you do that, and she's gonna be singing along to it. No, you won't. All right. So last on my list is oh, shockers, shockers. It's an REM album. Wow. Don't worry though, guys. There won't be another one for three years. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up, Mike. Um, <laughs> their their Warner Brothers debut, Green. This is the big one. <laughs> this is the one that has uh, Stand. Oh, yeah, God. that Stand was the big hit out of this one. Uh-huh. Um, don't, but you, I, don't you mean Spam? Yeah, yeah. That's. Yeah. Exactly. I was wondering if it was that song. Yes, yeah. it was. <laughs> um, there is some fantastic stuff on here. This album doesn't sound like the sellout album. Uh, you got stuff like uh, Orange Crush, Turn You Inside Out. 
Stand was used as the theme song for that awful show starring that absolute oh. loser who only had a brief Chris career. Chris Elliott. Yeah, he had a brief career because he oh. briefly dated Drew Barrymore. Oh, no, no, no that, you're thinking Tom Green. Tom Green, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, it was, it was, um, Stand was used for uh, Get oh. a Life with Chris Elliott. Oh, okay. Chris Elliott still has very much as a career. Yeah, he's on Shit's Creek. He was, <laughs> he was really good in Groundhog Day, actually. Yeah. But um, Green, Green is just—it's not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go so far as to call this REM's best album. Nor would I. But well, <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato, Mike, tomato, tomato. <laughs> um, but there is just there is just some phenomenal stuff on here. It's it, it's very different. And oh, by the way, Mike, you'll be happy to know too. This is the one I sprayed my wrist on at the gym. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> ha! That's what you get for listening to REM. <laughs> Never listen to REM and and uh, and hit the punching bag at the same time. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that before Mike just starts going, "Yep, yep, 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 yep." <laughs> You're wrong. You're wrong. He's gonna hate what I have to say about his. Well, well, I'm not gonna. I'm not saying that this is my favorite album. Oh, but go ahead, man. Go I'm ahead. Oh, no, I did listen you're, to it. You're walking into this one on your own. <laughs> You are walking into the valley of death on this one. Go ahead, Mike. Okay, my final album is Hanging Tough by New Kids on the Block. Don't worry about nothing because it won't take long. We're going to put you in a trance with a funky song. Because you got to be hanging tough. I really want to fully in like a door slam right now. <laughs> oh, hey, tough. good night, folks. Do you know how much money they made off this album? Oh, I don't doubt it, Mike. And without, I think I had a copy of the tape. Oh yeah, I know I did. You had her money. <laughs> oh, you had a copy of the tape, like someone actually copied no. you. No, oh. no. I mean, I have, I'm pretty sure I bought this tape. I don't know why. If I didn't know any better, I think "Hanging Tough" was was like sung by like five cartoon dogs. But yeah, because I, I, we were rough, rough. I like I liked them for about six weeks, and then I started making fun of them. <laughs> yeah, me too. But I mean, I did like them for that six weeks. So what else is it, on "Hanging Tough" besides the the title song, where five white kids try to act like rough and tough? Like uh, street bandits. Five white kids from Boston. Yeah. The right stuff. Yeah. Oh. And that became the white stuff. Yeah. Yep. In the middle of an Oreo. Yeah, uh, please don't go, girl. Oh. I'll be loving you forever. <laughs> you can't even keep a straight face. <laughs> you, know, you know, Catherine was just sitting quietly, kind of like waiting for the show to end. Andy, cover girl. Oh, Actually, yes. I'm not even familiar with that one, but I'll Be Loving You Forever is just like, it's bad because men should never be able to sing like that. Tighten it up. It was Jordan Knight, and I'm pretty sure he was a eunuch, so it was... <laughs> <laughs> tighten it 
Tighten it up. He, he was. He was. Jordan, a, tighten it up. He's a eunuch. He, he's dead. <laughs> I think Jordan May is the only one in the group that did not have a career afterwards. Did he really he do may have I'm Donnie Wahlberg definitely has a has a career. Oh now. god, Donnie Wahlberg's on that shitty Blue Bloods right now. Okay, before we go further, I gotta say to my to Diane's best friend Cindy, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. Don't hate me because <laughs> he's a huge KOTV fan. No, all right, no. Here's the thing that drives me nuts: these guys tour all the fucking time now. Dude, How it, does Donnie find it, time to tour with his TV TV schedule? Because it's a CBS budget, so he's just going to show up for three days, stare at a camera, and then walk off. It's not like they make. It's not like they actually make them do anything that's going to stretch them in any way, shape, or form. Without New Kids on the Block, we would not have boy bands. They were the first one, I think. Oh uh, no! no. no. Manu- oh god, Manudo! No Manudo, Man- come on! Manudo was to. the first. I'm from Puerto Rico. Yeah, exactly. Manuto was definitely the first constructed boy band. Yes. And still is, probably. I, I, think, say, it, I, I think it's been rolling for no, a long time. I have to say, I saw them live. The Monkees were a constructed boy yep, band. Yep, But they were not, they're not considered a boy no, band. No, they're not because yeah, they, they have their own instruments. Considered, they're considered a, you know, Beach Boys knockoff. Yeah. I think they were all in their 20s, too. What, Manuto? No, no. Oh, the Monkees. Monkees? Yeah, the Monkees, yeah. Yeah. So, it... Yeah, it's just, it, but again, going back to my story earlier about Tiffany and New Kids, she ended up opening for that up for them at the end of the tour. <laughs> well, hey, they they hit heights that she could even only dream of. Yeah, yeah she doesn't sing that high. Yeah, no, she doesn't. You try to tighten her shorts, nothing's going to happen. Jordan Knight had a higher range than she did. Even it's though not, I'm pretty not, sure not that if, like, if Jordan Knight t- took off his shirt, I'm sure he also has a displaced nipple somewhere. So. <laughs> <laughs> now he had a third nipple, like Scaramanga. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. All right. Uh, all right, Joe. Oh, before... All right. Say your album, because I got something from Steve here about it. All right, my last album is Metallica and Justice for All. Writes was a decent follow up to Ride the Lightning. Too bad Metallica then immediately broke up after the death of Cliff Burton and definitely did not totally sell out and uh, and become a bunch of creeps. Really? <laughs> He's the, the the Black Album burned him and burned him hard. Apparently, but no, I mean 
And Justice for All was like I like I said earlier. This was their breakout album. This was the album that made the mainstream. Yeah, it's. Um, I saw these guys live on this tour. Oh yeah, it, they were really good. Um, the the cult opened up for them, and they were awful. Really, the cult? <laughs> oh, the cult were terrible. Ian Asbury was so high. Oh. The cult's a good band. The cult is a good band. Matt Sorum was their drummer. Oh, like, really? He was like two years removed from joining uh, GNR. Wow. Yeah, but yeah, Injustice for All is an interesting album because it doesn't. It feels like a sellout album, but yet it doesn't feel like a sellout the album. The thing is, and the thing about Justice for All is, if you compare it to their early albums, it is very polished. Right. It, it is. Well, it's very much more produced, polished. Than, very polished. Yeah. And it was, you know, yeah, you could tell this was an album where they're trying to make become mainstream. Yeah. You know, even though there were songs like one on it, and yeah. you know, they're very kind of Metallica songs on them, but they were trying to be more commercial. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's well, it's interesting too because the most commercial song they had on there is seven and a half minutes in length. Yeah, and everybody remembers the video, and the video they barely did anything with because it was just excerpts from a, a, a obscure movie from the seventies. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's interesting. It is an interesting <laughs> um, blend of things. It's a great album, though. I mean, as a standalone, I don't think it it takes, like, the commercial liberties that something off the Black album or everything after that doesn't exist because, you know, not Metallica. Hashtag not my Metallica. <laughs> For three years. Oh, God. Driving from, from Lunenburg to Lexington, my car, my ride to school would play Ender Sandman every single fucking I'm day. Sorry, I'm sorry. There was, I have one funny story about that though. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about the Black Album this much, um, <laughs> the Josie oh, and the Pussycats movie. Oh Jesus! Where the boy band crash lands and and they're supposedly all killed at a Metallica concert. There was one guy. I think it was Seth Green's character actually. That like is the only one not completely bandaged up when they come back at the end, and he mentions that he they survived the Metallica concert because he knew all the lyrics to Enter Sandman. <laughs> and I thought that was hysterical because we all knew all the lyrics to Enter Sandman because it was every, played so, so much. much. Yeah. So, so you're saying, and, every, and every I remember in high school, every metalhead who wore a jean jacket had at least one Metallica patch on it. Oh, yeah. So, oh, Catherine, yeah. what you're saying is you're the one person that actually bothered watching the Josie and the Pussycats movie. I believe I borrowed it on VHS. I believe it was under duress. That was, that was auto-tuned to hell, but Amanda Seyfried was one of the Pussycats. Oh. oh. So, so uh, I think that might have been one of the reasons why, and she went on to be in Les Mis, the movie. Did you watch the Gem movie? No. Okay, good, good. <laughs> so I don't think anybody would admit to watching the gem movie. <laughs> nobody saw the gem movie. Like legitimately, nobody saw the no, gem it, movie. It made like a hundred thousand dollars total. It was yanked from theaters a week after it came out. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. No. No. I had no interest in the gem movie. But at all. Justice. Let's go back to Justice real quick. Yep. So we close out this conversation. Justice is. I mean, Blackened is a great song. There's a mm. lot of good stuff on there, but. A lot of it blends. It's weird how it blends, too. It's like half of it blends with uh, Ride the Lightning. Yes. And the other half blends with the Black, the Black album, album, which yeah. is just it's a, it's it's a bri- It's a bridge album. It's almost like a bridge album. It is. It is. I think it's one of their finer albums, though. 
I mean, I'm not going to dispute Ride the Lightning. Yeah, no, no, who no, is when when I when I was DJing in Second Life, people didn't request anything off of this. They requested like Master Puppet songs. And they requested Ride the Lightning. Yep. And and or if they didn't know, they would request anything later than that. Right. I, I don't recognize anything off this album. Right. You'd recognize one if you saw. Yeah, you re- yeah. you would definitely recognize one. You know, you'd recognize the video for one. You would probably wouldn't recognize the song. I'll have, well, have to play them, but well, the bridge for one too. I probably heard one on on Symphony and Metallica. Yeah, it's also on that Beavis and Butthead episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> here it comes, here it comes, darkness impersonating me. All I can see, absolute horror. I cannot breathe. I cannot die. <laughs> You're welcome. So. Well, that was a great conversation, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks to everybody who contributed, uh, especially uh, Dave McLean and uh, Jackie Jackie. Stevenson. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Jax. Oh, so much. Oh, so much. So anyway, our next episode, we are going to be talking all about uh, the films of Steven Spielberg. The oeuvre. The oeuvre oeuvre of uh, Steven Spielberg, because Ready Player One is coming out soon. I can't we're, wait for it. We're gonna see how how Spielberg um, stands going back to his genre films. Yeah, just think about that. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. It's been, yeah, a, it's been a while, and we're gonna discuss some of the stuff, especially some of the stuff that hasn't stuck lately. This is not a voting for his best movies, ranked best to worst. No. We are gonna do it all. We'll talk about his best. We'll talk about his worst. We'll talk about the ones we are our personal favorites. We'll also talk about the obscure stuff that maybe you loved and most people don't know he did. He has some. He, I mean, th- there's a reason most people consider him one of the greatest directors that if ever. Not, if not the greatest, you're right, exactly. Yeah. But he also can market himself really well. Yeah. But we will talk about all that. Also, real quick, uh, we just got an announcement today that Geek Salad is is uh, right now on Stitcher. Which, by the way, you can check out all our episodes on the Stitcher app. We are currently number 23 on the Stitcher Top 100 Fastest <laughs> okay. grossing, Growing Podcasts. When you said 100, I, I didn't we were not even I'm figuring like 85, 90, Yeah, 95. we are currently number 23. We are number 23 on the, on the Top Stitcher Fastest Growing Podcasts. Wait, wait, wait. So, so somebody's actually listening to us? I guess so. Holy shit, i got to clean up my act. Yeah, I, 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 well, if they're listening to us and, and we're getting better, uh, we need to continue to filthy up our act. Right, that's exactly. <laughs> well, that, I mean, Fuck you! I, I, I cleaned it up, cleaned it up in, the, in, in the sense that i got to be something more professional. I don't know. No, no, Joe, this is what works. This is what works. <laughs> don't change anything, for the love of God. Don't change anything. <laughs> Keep me in that dumpster fire. Well, anybody who is listening Joe, to this get show... get in a rut! Get in a rut, please! We're, 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 we're not going to sell out. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? For somebody to pay us to do this? Hell yeah! <laughs> Pass a check, I'll show whatever you want. <laughs> this beer's for you! <laughs> mm, I love this course! Aruba, Jamaica, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, please, Mike Love's going to give us shit. Come on. <laughs> we, will, we, will, we will have a show section for you. Oh, for God, yeah. So uh, so anybody who is listening to this and going, man, I love hearing about all the high school stories that even Mike doesn't understand. Which is <laughs> most of them. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for wow, that it was it was a nice little treat today. I'm like I'm reading this thing like this. This has got to be spam. This has to be spam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting Rick rolled. And I actually went to the Stitcher site. I'm like, 
holy shit, they're right. And then you wait, scroll down and <laughs> and uh, you got Rickrolled, right? I, no, no. I, I will admit that I found out about this because it's a solicitation for us to start putting out merch. <laughs> We but it, it actually is legit. It is legit. It is legit. It is legit. It so. is legit. Legit. Yes, it is legit. That, that is us. Put up Geek Salad swag. So anyway, um, yes, you can listen to our entire archive at the uh, Stitcher app, please. More so Stitcher than iTunes, I guess. Yeah. Um, you can also check out our full, full, full archive at uh, Podbean, at geeksalad.podbean.com or on the Podbean app. You can also check out our musings either at uh, Twitter on at Geek Salad Radio or at our Facebook page, which is Geek Salad Podcast. And you can email us at Geek Salad Radio if you need anything at all. Um, special thanks to... What's that? YouTube. Oh, yes. We also have a YouTube channel now, too, which not only is getting all these shows... I don't know about these or not, because I guarantee we're going to infringe on somebody's copyrights. Oh, I have no mm-hmm. doubt about that one. But, um... Yeah, we will definitely, uh, Mike and I are still working on our um, Road to Infinity War, though yes. even though we've got, been bumped up a week, okay. we should be fine. Yes. Um, I just actually changed out some stuff, too. Um, I was rather successful on the uh, Oscars. <laughs> uh, my, my Oscar picks from last week, too, so go me. Uh, but yeah, we're definitely um, developing more and more content for the YouTube channel as well, which it's is kind of cool. So... Anyway, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. Go forth, be nerdful, and... Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Never gonna run around and search you. Ding dong, man. Ding dong. Ding dong, yo.